Hello, 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 my friends. Skip here for our Sunday morning, March 6th, 2022 podcast. I greet you all at 7.30 a.m. Hope that you're well. Got a full Sunday ahead of us. Uh, So I want to make sure that I uh, get the podcast in for those of you who listen on a daily basis. I thank you. Feel free to share if someone wants to, uh, if you know someone who might get something, who might gain something, who might get these concepts, feel free to share the podcast. Uh, My audience really isn't big enough to advertise. I'm not really... (laughs) I, I'm not really making any money uh, at all here. Uh, I, uh, I take about a half hour or 40 minutes each day uh, to think, deliver, and uh, edit these podcasts. So uh, they're, they're good for me. I hope they're good for you and whoever else listens. I want to offer to you a concept today, a a metaphor, if you will, a way of thinking. I hope I do that every day. Uh, But I want to talk about how we get things from our head to our heart. Now, of course, that's symbolic, right? I mean, that's a metaphor. Uh, Our head, our heart, these are parts of a human body. But what that means from your head to your heart really means from conceptual thinking to a solidified reality. And so I want to talk about getting things from concept to a real thing in your life. Because what interferes in that process from your head to your heart, I'm going to use that metaphor here, is the false programming. It's the uh, doubting, it's the uh, naysaying, it's the excusing, it's the uh, dismissing of things to maintain an already established reality that is false. And we do this as individuals, and we do it collectively. So let's talk about individuals. How do we get from our head to our heart? How do we get from conceptual thinking to actual answers. Now, I will tell you that this podcast is going to be heavily Buddhist because I think this is where uh, Buddhist concept, I'm not talking about the religion of Buddhism, it has its own issues with hierarchy, with, uh, you know, I'm talking about the teachings of Buddha. And the reason they're so central in my mind is because I'm watching a really excellent documentary done on PBS a few years ago about the Buddha, uh, narrated by Richard Gere. Highly recommend it. It's on Gaia, on Amazon. Uh, And it has really brought back home to me a, a lot of these ideas. So hear this first and foremost. What I'm offering you when I do Finding Meaning is not new. These are not new concepts. (laughs) This is not a new revelation. This is a retooling, a re-explanation of an ancient truth. I'm convinced of that. So let's talk about how we go from conceptual thinking to to living out a a way of life. 
So our mind, right? We, we've talked about our mind constantly making reality, constantly processing reality. There's no question. Uh, we are, our, our brains don't shut down. Even while we're dreaming, uh, I've always thought of dreams as sort of a screensaver. They're working. Our brains are, are wiring, our synapses, our, our cells, they're firing, they're creating, creating uh, the illusion of a dream or the reality of the awake life. Uh, it never stops. And much of that, excuse me, much of that, let me get a drink here, much of that thinking, much of those thoughts derive from, excuse me, conceptual thinking. Uh, let me just get right down to the truth here. What I mean by conceptual thinking is religious propositions. Um or political propositions, uh, propositions of belief. Belief is really conceptual thinking that you're trying to solidify into a reality. So the concept of uh, religious dogma, those concepts you try to make real, and that's what religion tries to offer is conceptual thinking that you can try to make real. I don't think you ever really can. I'll get to that in a minute. But political thinking is the same way. Any thinking in reality, uh, people are offering you concepts. Now, there's nothing wrong with conceptual thinking until we decide that conceptual thinking is the truth. And this is where we get into trouble. This is where we do not find meaning. This is why uh, there are still wars, one raging right now in Europe. Uh, there's still poverty. There's still homelessness. Because we hang our spiritual hat, if you will, on ideas and concepts rather than reality. So conceptual thinking is is important, but it is not reality. It Conceptual thinking can help us ask questions. It can help us seek answers. But it is not the actual substance of reality. So in the head, we're, we're constantly thinking. From those thoughts, as the Buddhist will say, as the Buddha did say, comes things like, desire and suffering. Now, as they have shared in this wonderful documentary I'm watching, we need to understand that that truth of suffering in life does not mean uh, the word that the Buddha used was more about dissatisfaction than about actual suffering. That we live with a dissatisfaction derived from our conceptual thinking. Our conceptual thinking can't bring us all the way home. It can't get us to home base. And that creates within us a dissatisfaction. And that dissatisfaction creates within us either a low-grade or a high-grade type of suffering. From that dissatisfaction comes uh, addictions, comes religious cultism, comes uh, political cultism. Uh, 
We are looking for a reality. You've heard me say this. We are looking for a reality. And we hang our hat on things that aren't real. But, but, there are times and there are truths that do come into our mind that appear to be concept, but with a little bit different quality. And I think we've all had this experience. Uh, let me give you an example that uh, maybe you will be watching a movie and you'll be inspired or hearing a song and be inspired or you read a piece of poetry and you're deeply moved or you discover something about the energies you live out of or you discover something about yourself. Maybe you're a musician and you pick up the instrument and, and, and you transcend. And although that may start with thinking, you know, I'm going to pick up my guitar and play a chord, that chord then is transcendent. And that is really the moment. Those are really the things that that truth that we know is truth, beyond conceptual thinking, that's the stuff we need to link to our heart. Now, here is where we are fraught with all sorts of difficulty, folks, because you can, you know... <laughs> People who listen to Jim Jones, the, the famous, or David Koresh, those cult leaders that led to death, they thought they were inspired. So we have to be very discerning in our soul about what true inspiration is. Do not confuse emotional conceptual thinking with true inspiration. True inspiration is, it comes in a flash and you go, oh, wow. I, that's something that, that resonates deeply with me. And it may not be something that reaffirms an already, it probably isn't something that reaffirms an already established belief. Uh, it's that place where meditation can take you. It's that place where music can take you, where good art can take you, where looking into the eyes of the people you love that's the inspirational place. That feeling of doing something kind, even if you're not recognized for it, especially if you're not recognized for it, that's true inspiration. And that's the stuff we need to become aware of, linking to our life. That's the stuff, that love stuff, that kindness stuff, that transcendent stuff, that truth of things beyond dogma. That stuff is what we have to make solid in our life. And I will tell you that every time I have found those things in my life, it has been directly linked to love. It has directly been linked to an act of grace. It has been directly linked to an act of kindness or an act of creation out of love. We can create out of hate, um, you know, look at the weapons of the world. But when we create out of a sense of love, those are the transcendent things. And it's, it's not transcendent in that we leave ourselves. It's transcending the false reality. Uh, and you can't 
get there through uh, just moral behavior because morality is subjective. Uh, You can't just get there through religious practice. You have to be aware of these things. And when you see that act of love, when you see that act of kindness, when you hear that creation, that poetry, that song, that movie, whatever that truly inspires you, again, beyond just emotion, that's when you have to say to yourself, I want that. I want that love. Let me, let me just tell you briefly how I came to understand this. Um, I've shared with you before, I'll share with you again. I was uh, ordained clergy for many years. And I kept thinking to myself, uh, these communities can be based in love. I come to find out that a, a community steeped in dogma really can't be. Uh, they can show love, they can show generosity, they can show kindness, but a, the, a system will try to preserve itself at the cost of love. And it was in that moment, that flash, when I realized it can't be. When that idea of conceptual thinking about a community based in love, finally, the, the, that idea, that idea, the, the, the fact that it can't <laughs> was established in my heart. Now, I do believe that people can gather in a sense of love and a sense of mutual support. I think the closest thing I've ever seen is the 12-step program. 12-step meetings are as close to, I'm using air quotes, real church as I have ever seen because it's about accepting people's brokenness and offering transformation, not about the preservation of something. But it was that moment when from conceptual thinking to solidification, that that's enlightenment, that's awareness. When we realize that the only real religion is love, the only real sacrament is kindness. And in my opinion, folks, this is just my opinion. You can think of it how you want. But when we really understand that love is our purpose, kindness is our action, compassion is how we should act and treat one another. Then we begin to understand those concepts of grace, those concepts of compassion, those those concepts of, of true love. It's not easy to live these out in the world because we live in a world based in conceptual thinking. The war right now in the Ukraine is, is an act of conceptual thinking. The, the leader of Russia has conceptualized that this country, Ukraine, should be a part of Russia. From that conceptual thinking comes desire. From that desire comes a war. Uh, bring it closer to home. People are desirous of money. They're desirous of wealth. They're desirous of control. They're desirous of power. Uh, this is why institutional Religion doesn't work because those things are in there. I have seen people stab each other in the back far more in a religious setting than I have in the world. Far more. Because they want the power, they want the control. Uh, They want all of those. They're desirous. And that desire comes from a dissatisfaction. But they're not aware of why they're dissatisfied.
So in order to solidify conceptual thinking into living, here's how it has to happen. You have to be aware of the moments of true inspiration, of true love and true kindness, of true compassion and empathy. When you experience that, you have to consciously understand to yourself, think to yourself, say to yourself, that's who I want to be. That's what I want in my life. And then you have to practice those acts, even if you don't feel like it, until they become solidified. Move from your head to your heart. From conceptual thinking, which is useful to a point, to living love, which is who we really are. There you have it, my friends. I thank you for this Sunday morning. Uh, I thank you for your time. And we'll talk to you tomorrow morning, God willing. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.